Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Welcome to another episode of the Talk and Power podcast. We are back, episode 83, and uh, this is, I'm going to call this the COVID-19 series, where... <laughs> We were having to do this via um, Zoom, actually, but it's a technology that I think a lot of people are using. Welcome to my co-host, Simon Gonzo Travellini. Thanks for joining us, Simon. Hello to everyone there. Nick's actually uh, lying. We're right next to each other, but uh, we've rigged up this elaborate thing to make it look like all the other celebrities around the world. <laughs> you so know, you know get... what I've learned from all of this is that, that you can get away with really, really bad quality video. You, you can. Isn't it amazing? Do you think there's... Go- you know, We'll, we'll talk about it now just briefly do you think there's ever we'll ever get back to big dollar productions and studios and stuff like that or will this be the absolutely oh really no yeah okay absolutely yeah because i mean you appreciate good quality productions now like yeah. ours yeah yeah <laughs> so this is i mean yeah this is we're making most of the technology and we're, we're following the uh, government guidelines from dr brendan murphy so we're we're doing we're practicing all those uh all those the social distancing. So we're doing this. I think we're about, I was going to measure it before. I think we're about 10 Ks apart. So, and Todd will be joining us shortly as well. Which is probably about 30 Ks from me. Mm. Good. <laughs> Good. That's true. Hey, um, look, I just want to quickly touch on like talking of COVID-19, the coronavirus, how, how has it affected you anyway? And, and I mean, you personally, the family life and, and uh, work and all those sorts of things. Look, work-wise, the transmission side of the business uh, has really dropped off. Mm. It's, it's, you know, dramatically dropped off. The tour converters did drop off, um, not as bad, but the, the transmission side, uh, which was, you know, a relatively new business, uh, it has affected that. So, obviously, there's a lot of people that were planning on building cars and they've put those plans on hold, whether it be because they've, you know, lost work or whatever. Um, in terms of the turnover of the business, there has been a, a dramatic reduction. I had to let two staff go mm. and I've got one staff uh, week on, week off. Um, now, you know, is it going to turn around? Uh, eventually it will. And, and um, like many of the people in the industry believe, there's going to be a big backlog that will mm. need to be filled. Okay. So it, it's, it's an interesting time. I mean, um, you know, uh, as far as family life goes, it has had an effect because uh, you need to understand that the way the law is written, it says that you need to live under that household mm. to, you know, so it's the people in that household and one more person. Mm. So um, uh, it makes it impossible for us to visit family or for family to visit us um, and, and stay legal. And, and we, we kind of want to, make sure that our kids don't get it at first they made it sound like it didn't affect children but uh now you're seeing some of the statistics and and people i mean there was a 21 year old that passed away the other day it's just um uh now you know who it affects and who it doesn't they haven't figured that out yet so you know it is a pretty big deal and and that that brings me to my next point um i'm really offended by the nrl uh, you know, bringing the competition back online as quickly as they're talking about. Um, I, I think that that is really, really ridiculous. 
And, and I think that anyone that any, anyone that's in any sort of governmental role, uh, that's given a permission because apparently one of the police commissioners in New South Wales, possibly I, I wasn't yeah. really paying that much attention, um, has, uh, given the, the NRL permission to resume activities. I think that's, that's, you know, like pathetic and, and really sad that, um, they're so concerned about themselves and not the rest of the world. Well, you know, the, the slogan is we're all in this together. So, these guys are just worried about their fat checks at the end of the day. And the AFL is even more pathetic where you've got players that are on over a million dollars a year and they're crying about a salary cut. You know, even if they copped a 90% pay cut, they'd still be on over $100,000 a year, which is a lot more than the average person earns. Mm. I, I just really think it's shown the true colours of these sports people. Um, and the club's talking about not refunding memberships and so on and so forth. Now, the, the Eagles claim... and you know what? I believe them as much as I believe the Chinese. They claim that they've had an influx of members during this period. Uh, I think they're just trying to cover up the truth. And, you know, this talk about that they're the, they're the club, they're the club that the other clubs want to be like. They've got a $25 million reserve, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if you've got the reserve, what are you, what are you worried about? You shouldn't even be talking about. You should be telling the other clubs, hey, listen, let's sit it out for a year. Let's forget the 2020 competition and get ready for 2021. And then you've got, you know, the ridiculous comments of Mick Malthouse saying that if the competition resumes, they shouldn't count the first round. It should be considered a practice game. Mm, like, yeah. Just pathetic. Just pathetic. It's all an attempt to keep them in the media. But here's one thing I will say, because I made a note about, I wanted to talk about the AFL. Um, I think the AFL is scheduling more later in June now. I think they've realised that April wasn't going to be possible. Neither is May, and they're talking now later June. The one thing I will say is this. AFL sold the rights to their game many years ago to pay TV. And at that stage, they sold their soul, in my view. Now they're asking some of the clubs, not all of them, but some of them are asking to keep, if they can hang on to those memberships as a, donation i think it's wrong that members have to ring up the club and ask for their membership to be refunded what they should be doing is reef asking we will refund your money however if you want us to keep it we'll do that but here's the refund and i think it's 100%, absolutely 100%. disgraceful the any mcguire going on tv and saying that you know, there's an expectation it should be a donation. No, there's an expectation you should be refunding the money. And then yeah, if of, people, of some people will want you to keep it as a donation, but if we're going to make that sort of donation to a footy club, let's do it to the local footy club down the road here. Yeah, and, too- and, and, and I'll tell you what, Nick, I've, I've got a, a solution for this. You know me, I'm all about solutions, right? Mm. What I think this should happen is that the Waffle should talk to Channel 7 or mm-hmm. Foxtel, whoever, and we should talk about, as a West Australian uh, deal, taking over the TV time that was allocated to the AFL. That's, that's what I believe should happen. Because you could run a local competition. You could do it. And yep. you could merge the, the uh, WA AFL uh, players into the waffle teams. And, and if it was really uh, a, an extreme... Um, concern where you needed to you know try and mandate the social distancing well you know i mean these clubs not so much the the wafl but 
the AFL, particularly if, if the West Coast Eagles have got a cash reserve of $25 million, they could certainly fund putting them all up in the same hotel room so that they were part of the same household. Hmm. It's, it's doable. It is yeah. very much doable. Uh, and I think that that is the smartest solution rather than interstate travel. I mean, you know, there are so many people involved. It's not just the players. You've got the, the coaching uh, team. You've got all the, the people that are involved in the commentary. You've got the people that are involved behind the scenes. You know, the, the simplest things like the, the, the people that clean the towels and mm. uh, wash the change rooms and so on and so forth. And there is so much possibility for disease to be spread across Australia. Now, we're very lucky in WA. We, mm. we're, we're not, I mean, if you look in terms of population, at one stage, Victoria looked like the place to be, pardon the pun. But um, right now, WA is, is looking pretty good. And I think talking to the general public out there, it's because people are genuinely concerned and people are yeah. genuinely trying to do the right thing. you got the other extreme in New South Wales where Bondi Beach looked busier than ever. Mm, you yeah. know, it's, it's yeah. just a joke. So that tells you that you can't trust people, mm. right? So the only way you're going to pull this off is to do something like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the bottom line is what COVID-19 has brought to the people is it's shown everyone how greedy, uh, particularly uh, the AFL and the NRL are mm, uh, at the end of the day. And, and these clubs are talking about, oh, you know, it's not sustainable, we'll go broke, blah, blah, blah. At one stage, they were just like the local football clubs. Mm. That's how they started. Could have been 100 years ago, could have been 20 years ago, but that's how they started. So let's not forget that. They can scale back down. They can get rid of some of the unnecessary assets. They can ask their directors to take pay cuts. They can ask their managers to take pay cuts. They can ask their coaches to take pay cuts. Like I said, consider a player that's on over a million dollars a year. Even if he has to cop a 90% pay cut, he's still on over a hundred grand a year, hmm. right? Which is right. more than what most people earn. Hmm. That's exactly right. Yep. No, I, I'm hearing you loud and clear. And I had it in the notes that I wanted to have a bit, but you've basically covered everything that I wanted to say. Really disappointed with the AFL. Really disappointed with um, a number of presidents and whatnot that run these footy clubs. Suddenly putting their hand out for a donation when you took the money for TV rights. Uh, that doesn't sit with me. Does not stick with me at all. Uh, I don't really. Not a lot thing. different to the airlines, Nick. Not a lot different to the airlines. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Virgin puts their hand out. These companies make billions of dollars of profit mm. and, you know, and they're owned by other big companies. Mm. It's not like there's a mum and dad shareholder that's going to lose money over this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just shows you the greed of the system. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, the banks are making more money than ever. Mm. You know, who, who's going to bring them to task? Who's going to say, you know what? You shouldn't be charging interest on credit cards for this period of time. Mm. Let's yeah. let it slide. Landlords have got to cop it. Landlords can't evict people at the moment. So there's this crazy imbalance going on around the world now. And, and, and in, in particular in Australia, Australia just seems to be, you know, but it, I'll tell you, the other thing that, that is really important to, to bear in mind is the amount of corruption that we're dealing with. If the NRL does go back online, that tells you that they've got direct links to members in, in government. It's as mm. simple as that. And that, yeah. that's really sad because mm. no one should have that kind of power. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Hey, um, 
moving along, I, I just wanted to, it would be remiss of us not to discuss the passing of Sir, Sir Sterling Moss, um, Formula One icon, never won a championship, but probably one of the most recognisable names in motorsport. And really sad to hear his passing at 90 years of age yesterday. And um, yeah, I, I just was, yeah, saddened to hear that news where, you know, great, great, great man, great person. Came out to Australia a lot, actually. Was spent a lot of time here in Australia. I don't know if you recall the 76 Bathurst. He actually teamed up with um, Sir Jack Brabham in a Tirana uh, at the 76 race. And they actually stalled the car or they got stuck got stuck in, in neutral, couldn't get it into gear. They got hit from behind. Anyway, they managed to start the race after they repaired the back of the car. Anyway, they had an engine failure and they were out of the race. But... You know, fond memories. I don't remember that race, but fond memories of, of a lot of the stuff that he had done, Sir Sterling Moss. So it was really sad to see him go. Also, uh, another one that passed away actually of COVID-19 was uh, Tim Brooke Taylor from the Goodies. Very sad. I was really sad to hear that. I was a big Goodies fan when I was a kid. I used to love that show. Same. And really sad to see, hear of his passing this morning as well. So... Lots of things happening in the world at the moment. And, um, yeah, it's... it's um, sure, I'm, I'm sure a lot less people would have been sad if it was Bill Oddie, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, look, nonetheless, it was uh, uh, very sad indeed. The other thing I just want to get him back to, I don't want to... We don't want to talk too many politics. I haven't got this in the notes, but I just want to shout out to, to Mark McGowan. We've, we've obviously... We've had a bit of political chat on this podcast in the past, but I just want to say, Mark McGowan, I feel he's doing... Him and Roger Cook are leading this state magnificently, and I'm really proud to call myself West Australian at the moment. And also the, the uh, treasurer... Uh, uh, ben White. Uh, ben White coming back coming after back. his retirement. Yep. Just the WA Labor team uh, that we've got in now I would have to say it's probably one of the best political teams that, that uh, has been WA. The way they've handled uh, this crisis is just been incredible. Mm, yep. Yeah, they have. They've been incredible. And I, I take my hat off to Mark McGowan and, and the team, Roger Cook, and really proud of them. Even, even um, Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, Dr. Brendan Murphy, and even the, the, the uh, federal government, I think they've done a magnificent job. And we're really proud to call ourselves Australians, and in particular, West Australians. Anyway, we'll take a short break there and we'll be back right after this. All right, so I'm going to know if you've been catching a lot of the news from the Formula One. Um, it's been a pretty tumultuous few days, well, a few weeks really in, in Formula One. And we've had a number of teams now have had to put um, staff on to leave or what they call in the UK uh, furlough. So um, Liberty Media or Formula One themselves have put basically 500 workers on, on extended leave. And now Renault have also joined Racing Point and uh, McLaren to, to do the same thing as well. So we're talking, you know, Mass, mass um, redundancies here. Um, a lot of them in the UK, the UK teams have jumped and done this because in the UK, um, the taxpayer or the, the government, the UK government, will foot the bill up to 80% of the employees' wages. A lot of people in the UK are not particularly happy with that because they feel that Formula One teams should have enough in the bank to cover their workers and can keep them employed. 
even though they're not racing, it just goes to prove how big this this pandemic has turned out to be and, and the sort of effect it's had on on some of these teams. It's incredible. It, look, they they might. I mean, but it depends on whether they're still going to get their sponsorship money mm. on the one hand. On the other hand is you need to realise that a lot of, well, most businesses these days, big businesses, are run by accountants. Mm. And if the opportunity exists for them to... Uh, cash in, so to speak, like you said, 80% of the wage is paid, uh, then they're probably going to do it. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah uh, it, it's very hard to uh, distinguish between, you know, uh, certain businesses. I, I understand... Um, I mean, it's it's a sad situation. What are you going to do? There's nothing mm. you can really do. Formula yeah. One itself. I, I mean, it's interesting that um, uh, that they're getting backed because they're US owned. So I would have thought that you know that that it would fall under some US deal rather yeah. than uh, uh, England having to pay for it. Mm. But, but yeah, the office. It is surprising. Formula. I mean, I mean, you'd be devastated uh, if you lost one of your top engineers to your rival team. Mm. Well, Mercedes and Ferrari have kept the status quo. They haven't let anyone off yet. They haven't they haven't put any people off. So that's that's great to hear from those two. The other team I forgot was Williams as well. Williams was another team that have had to have had to put staff off as well. So all the UK based teams, with the exception of Red Bull, have had to put staff off. So what about McLaren? McLaren have too, yeah. McLaren have put staff. See, that's off. that's surprising because you would think they'd be able to repurpose them in the manufacturing side. You would have thought and so. With yeah. the full, yeah, and with the forward orders on their road cars, because mm. um, my understanding is their road cars are sold before they even begin production. Mm. Yeah, no, that's true. They are. And interestingly enough, Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz, drivers for McLaren, two drivers that have confirmed like reasonable pay cuts as well. So pretty sad to hear that actually from that, but that's, that's um, at this stage. <laughs> reasonable. <laughs> reasonable well, pay cuts. It was in the vicinity of 70%. So, you know, these, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But hang on, hang on a second. Hang yes. on a second. If you're getting paid $20 million a year mm. and you take a 70% pay cut, mm. but that's still $6 million. <laughs> yes. yeah, you no, know no, what I mean? I mean, we, I'm not, we, I'm, sorry, I'm not going to feel sorry for him in any, any sort of imaginable time period. No, that's fair enough. No, I, I, I get all that. It's interesting that the situation that Formula One finds themselves in as well now, they're, they're talking, this is reports, however, not, not we haven't heard this from Liberty Media themselves. They're already in the hole, 200 million, 200 million pounds in reimbursements they need to make for the, the first six Formula One races that have been, that have been uh, well, we'll call them postponed for the time being. So Australia's been cancelled and Monaco's been, or Monte Carlo's been cancelled. Both those races are now off. Um, as you know, but the, the other ones have been postponed, but the, the promoters are looking like it's racked, the bill's racking up and it's at 200, it's reported at 200 million pounds. Liberty Media have yet to make an announcement about that, what they're going to do with that or how they're going to, how they envisage repaying it. Ross Broad came out the other day and still thinks he can get 19 races away or 18 races away from July 5th onwards. And I've got the calendar here. I'm not going to read it out, but it's basically racing three weeks in a row, having one week off, then another three weeks, one week off, and they race right up until the 6th of December. So 
So, so how much did they pay for Formula One when they brought it? Well, according to Forbes, according to Forbes, they paid four point six billion dollars in January of two thousand and seventeen. So, yeah, the two million. the two hundred million must really be hurting them. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, How many we'll, billion again? How many billion four, was that again, Nick? Four point six billion. Four point six billion. Mm. Four point six billion. Yeah, yeah. now nah, that two hundred million, that'd be crippling them. Crippling them. <laughs> they paid cash, didn't they? <laughs> cash. Was it hundred dollar notes, Nick? Or fifties, apparent fifties. <laughs> Don't know. But anyway, uh, we're really curious to see what's happening there in the. And how many people space. did they lay off? How many people off did they lay off? 500 in the year. 500. Right? That's a huge 500. amount, really. They could have hustled through. $6 billion they paid. Mm. Yeah, for you it. think about 4. that. $4.6 billion. Mm. So is, is uh, uh, Bernie going to chuck a few bucks in? No. You know, no, pass the hat around? Bernie doesn't have anything to do with that anymore, but he was quoted as saying as recently as today, um, he says the democracy that Liberty Media have created doesn't actually work in Formula One, needs to go back to, he doesn't use the word dictatorship, but needs to go back to a, what you would perceive as a dictatorship where you have one guy ruling the roost. You don't see it as a dictatorship now? Uh, well, <laughs> he, <laughs> I think the teams have a, uh, a little bit too much of a say, um, but it'll be interesting... In saying that, in the same breath, I think for the sport to move forward, I, I, I can't see the sport moving forward without Renault and Honda being part of the part of the deal. If if those two guys, if Honda and Renault fall out of this of Formula One, I don't think we've got Formula One to go back to. I really don't. There's no talk oh, that Honda will, but as an engine supplier, you know, Nick, something I can tell you is that there's always some billionaire ready to put their hand up. Mm. That's the reality. Yeah, you know what I mean. You, you look at the teams that are there now. Yeah, but what my question in the closing of the notes here for Formula One was: Where to from here? Can we see? Can we continue with this hybrid technology? I mean, I guess we kind of have to. But if we see Renault and Honda pull out of the sport because they can't continue with that technology, I'm not saying that's what they've said, but in my mind, I see that as an issue. How long? How long can we? Can the sport survive with just Mercedes and Ferrari? My answer would be no. So how long do we keep chipping away at hybrid technology? I mean, like I said, I think it's, it's got to go one way or the other. It either needs to stay full. It either needs to go full electric or stay internal combustion. One or the other. That's where we're going to go. The other, you know, the other thing that you've got to realise is that there's a real risk of something even more radical happening. Mm. And that's uh, what we're seeing now with the V8 supercars where, you know, they're, they're basically playing a computer game. Well, you know what? Let, let's just take a break right here and we're going we're gonna to chat about that right after the break. So let's take a break here. Good time to take a break. We'll be back with that right after this. All right, well, you alluded to it just before the break, V8 Supercars and the E-Series. Now, I'm going to be 100% honest. I have not watched a minute of this, not a second of it, and I don't, probably won't. I'm not interested in the slightest, but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. But 
I don't know if you've seen any of it yourself. Have you watched any of it? I, I, I was shocked that they had it on the news. I was absolutely shocked. But, well, but maybe but it's a master stroke. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, right? Um, Pro Autos, uh, I can't remember the guy's name now, the owner. Greg. I believe Greg has one of those simulators. Yeah, he, he probably would. Greg, yep. I, I've he, never seen it he, myself, but... I believe that he does. Now, if he does, right, does that suggest that people, privateers, let's call them, mm. could join in on this E-Series? And if they did and they were better, I mean, at the end of the day, Scotty McLaughlin won that the race that they had on the news, mm. which I think was fantastic because there is no suggestion of, of any possibility of cheating or, or mm. having a a better uh, unit or, you know, anything like that. Now, but if the case is is such and a privateer comes along and can compete against these guys and beats them, right? So, like, I'm thinking, you know, a 10-year-old kid or, or, or something like that, then does it question the whole sport? Of course it does. It puts it into a massive a so, question mark over it. Right. So, so then once we get to that stage, which is where we need to go, we need to encourage this and we need to get, you know, like five-year-olds and six-year-olds involved driving these simulators, right? And, and uh, until we get a gaming expert that goes out there and kicks their ass, then we need to question how much money these guys are getting paid. Alternatively, you can argue, well, Esports is a big thing. It brings in millions of dollars. There are there are esports players that get paid millions of dollars to play esports. You know, mm. I don't know. To me, uh, we are every day with new technology getting further and further away from all the things that attracted me to motorsports. You know, it's like turbo cars in drag racing. It, it kind of like, yeah, they go fast, but you know, it's not drag racing. Drag racing is that uh, steampunk style of mechanical injection and magnetos. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I and, agree and entirely. Same with V8 supercars. I mean, the Group C championship, in my opinion, was something that I still to this day look back on with fond memories mm. and, and, and wish that the racing still could be like that, that the cars could still be like that, mm. where they... There was, there was a direct connection between what you saw in the racetrack mm. and what was sitting in the driveway. Yeah. Yep. I now, agree. We haven't got that anymore. We haven't got that anymore. We've got a tube frame uh, with arguably almost exactly the same componentry from front to rear um, covered in a, a composite body. So it's, it's a nothing car. It's, you know, it might as well have a hot rod body on it or a, or a, a you know, fantasy car body because it doesn't mean anything. Now, as ever, far as... Um, sorry, I was just going to say, have you ever picked up one of those composite body panels? One of my customers has got one off the Red Bull car, the rear quarter. It'll blow you away how light that thing is. Yeah. It is nothing like... It is just touching it and feel... It might look from 50 feet away like a real real car, but it's when you pick it up and touch it, my God. No. Nah. It's incredible. It's dimensionally, dimensionally completely different. Dimensionally, yeah, it's actually. Different. I actually no, kind of sized it up with my own car, and it's completely different. Yeah, I had a VE yeah, I that was a VF, but still, same thing. 
Now, now the thing is, Nick, the um, the reason that our uh, V8 Supercar Series or Touring Car Championship was so popular internationally was because people believed that they were basically road cars, unlike NASCAR. So you go to America and you, and you talk to to them about it and they'll tell you, they'll tell you, oh, you know, that's awesome that you guys have got a series where the cars are uh, exactly the same as the road cars. And when you tell them, no, 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 they're not. They're uh, tube frame, composite body. They're in shock. They're in absolute shock. Mm-hmm. You know, they just can't believe it. They feel betrayed uh, that, that, that it's sold to them as if it is that. Yeah. So, you know, this is just the next, you know, this, I mean, if, if it becomes, look, they don't care. They don't care what we think, no. right? All they care about is money. That's, that's the bottom line. It doesn't matter whether it's the team bosses, the drivers, the, the, uh, the people selling the TV rights, the people buying the TV rights. It's all about money. Mm. So if the E-Series becomes popular and people watch it, you never know. That might be the future. Now, as to how, how do you work your way up through the ranks and become an E-Series driver, I don't know. But like I said, I would love to uh, get some kid, like a school kid who's a gaming junkie and throw him in one of these simulators and see whether he can kick their asses. Because it would be funny. It would be absolutely funny. I can assure you now there'd probably be at least a thousand sub 16 year olds in Australia that would be able to do that quite easily. I don't, I don't know, Nick. I don't because the fact is Scotty McLaughlin won, Mm. right? Which tells me that he's a better driver than the rest of them. And all those guys practice in those simulators day in, day out. So I don't know whether it would happen, but it would put a big question mark over the whole sport. It would put a big question mark over motorsports in general. But you have to say, even if a 16-year-old was able to master an E-Series type of game, you put them into a real car, and once they get the feel of the real speed and the sound and the brakes, they wouldn't be able to compete at that level. No way. This is a difference. You don't know it's all very well to, you, nah, you, 100%. You, mate, I'll tell you now, right? It, it doesn't matter what sport it is, mm. okay? Number one, commitment's important to put the hours into practice, right? That practicing, what it does is it, it gives you muscle memory. Mm. That's, that's, you develop muscle memory. And I would argue the fact that if someone is physically good enough, right? If their body is physically, so, you know, obviously you can't get someone that's a hundred years old, right? Because, you know, their body's deteriorated. But if someone's physically uh, good enough to be able to do it, it just comes down to the commitment and the rest of it's practice, 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 practice. Yeah. I would argue that fact. I mean, over the years, I've seen some touring car drivers that have you know, basically had rich parents uh, that got them the drives. And they may not have won everything, but they did all right. And then when you see them get into lower categories, you know, they do very well mm. because yeah. they've got the time. If, you, if you've got, if you're in that kind of position where you don't need to work, you could spend 24 hours a day in your simulator or on your go-kart or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and, and it's the same as a kid who just sits in front of the screen and plays the computer games. You yeah. know, he's committed to that. The thing is, Nick, in the old days, the reason that the, the uh, races got, you know, a decent 
uh, they didn't really get paid a lot of money. It was more the notoriety that brought them the, 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 uh, um, you know, the bonuses of being a, a motor racing uh, driver. Uh, was because it was bloody dangerous. Yeah. Right? You, you look at those old Formula One cars. They had no roll cage. The helmets were, were basically a, a horse riding helmet. You know, mm. they didn't have fire suits. Some of the really early stuff didn't even have seatbelts in it. Right? Mm. And they died on a regular basis. So, you know, you look at risk versus return. You, you can sort of understand uh, where it came from. Take a more modern Formula One car or a modern V8 supercar, the chances of you getting hurt are so slim, it is ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. But the financial return that they get is phenomenal. Mm. Like crazy. It's yeah. not just the money the team's paying. Then there's the bonuses that they get from advertising and so on and so forth, you know, endorsing products. So, you know, I, I, I don't know where it's going. I, I don't know where it's going. Yeah. My only, I mean, you just, just think about, I always think about Strain Van Gisberg and I use him as the example these days. Very aggressive driver. Can you imagine him behind you? You're going down Conrod Strait. You're about to enter the Caltex chase. It's not called that anymore, but it's the chase. You're 300 k's an hour. He's right on your tail and he's just disrupting your rear wing, your air. In the back of the car, the car's getting loose. You, you get out of it. Most drivers would, someone with that lack of experience would get out of it. If you're an E-Series champion and you're great at that, you stay into it. But when you feel that car get loose, for real, I think it's a different story. And he's a master yeah, I'll at that. Brake test him. Brake test. Brake <laughs> test all day. <laughs> I know you're not a big SVG <laughs> fan, but he is the master of that. And he has the ability to disrupt your car without even touching your car. So that's where I think, you know, anyway, look, I mean, hats off to these, the, the supercars for doing it. Um, I've written here. But do you know of, if anyone's watching it? I don't believe so. No, it was on Foxtel and it's on Twitch as well, which I haven't got into yet. It's a new form of social media. I haven't been, I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say too old for it. I just, I'm not there. And if people want to know about the E-Series, please don't tune into our podcast because we're not going to be covering it. I'm telling you now, we, we're a vis <laughs> we are a visceral podcast. We cover visceral motorsports where you can hear, smell and feel the, the cars, not some electronics. Yeah, I, 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 uh, that, that is the, yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean, there is, there is nothing on the planet like going to the drags no. and uh, experiencing two top fuel cars going down that nothing nothing mm. not even the 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 launch mm. of of uh, the space shuttle can can really compare <laughs> similar horsepower but but <laughs> but listen to phil lemertina's interview he said it clearly in the, in the even in his interview he has the best seat in the house and the worst seat in the house because sitting in the car <laughs> he doesn't get that shock wave sitting in the crowd you feel the shock wave you know and and it's so true and it's there's no other sport in the world it's a visceral feeling. You cannot yeah. take that away. Electronic cams. Yeah. There, are, there are a lot of things that, that I miss about the old uh, days of motorsport. Like, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but going to any racetrack, regardless of whether it was a drags or, or uh, uh, V8 supercars or, you know, wherever. And, and the first thing you'd get is that smell of race fuel, mm. that, that distinct, you know, yep. the, the aviation gasoline smell <laughs> i love it 
and and the rubber as well obviously if you got there a little bit like rubber yeah rubber rubber. as well that's like people get and and the sound you know you're getting out of your car in a car park that might be a kilometer away from the track still or a reasonable distance away and you hear it it's there's nothing like it in the world nothing yeah i know incredible absolutely incredible anyway look we'll take a short break here and we'll be back right after this All right, look, I just want to break from the notes here. I actually reached out to our sponsors, most of our sponsors today, or nearly all of them, and I uh, just wanted to have a, just to, just to let people know that, you know, they are open for business and, you know, it's, it's business as usual at, at most places. The first one off the rank I just want to talk about is actually your business, Simon. So all fast talk converters, business as usual for you guys, as you were saying before, um, where can we find you? Where can people go? Well, you can you can call us nine two four nine three zero six six. No, yeah. no, it is business as usual. Like I said, we got a, a couple less staff because there is a bit of a downturn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, still building transmissions, still building torque converters, still doing chassis work. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, a couple of the big projects there are uh, uh, coming along quite. Uh, you know quite well hmm. uh well into them obviously we we slowed down a little bit because the season got cut short uh yeah. we were hoping to debut uh one of the cars a bit later in the season like um possibly the last meeting or the the wednesday nights following that but you know it is what it is uh speaking of um uh debuting uh, uh something new john zabo uh mm-hmm. contacted me earlier uh, today, and he said that he he sort of suggests that he might be releasing uh, a sneak photo or some video of of his new uh, uh, radial barra. Uh, now, uh, apparently, apparently, it's it's uh, going to be running a lot of spray. Wow! So, so yeah, keep your uh, keep your eyes peeled for that one on the uh, WA Radial page or mm-hmm. um, on Facebook. Looking forward to you uh, seeing that and hearing from John. Who who else is uh, still open? Benzine's still open. So benzene detailing. Johnny wanted to say that he's still open. And even though a lot of car shows have been closed, he said, get in now. Um, even though the car shows have slowed down, he's he's reasonably busy, but he, he'll fit you in and get you in there. Now, he also wanted to say as well that he... Now, I've known Johnny for years, and he is the cleanest guy you'll ever meet in your life. He's taken it to a next level. Everything, I can assure you, everything is sanitized. There's no contact there. He will sanitize the inside of your car as well. So if, if you're concerned, if you had concerns there, you shouldn't have had concerns beforehand. You certainly shouldn't have concerns now. So he's, he's great and he's open for business. Also reached out to Rob Harvey at Monster Talk. He's uh, busy building ZF transmissions at the moment for the East Coast and WA, but they are open for business and uh, yes, really looking forward 100%. to catching up with with you stewie bond wa WA suspensions suspensions. yep Yep. he's doing a lot of work at the moment stewie you can catch him on his facebook page uh he's working on a vk brocky for tim slaco at the moment and rachel which she is the tech person for house of color here in wa she's got a magnificent c10 uh truck you can check that out at facebook but uh 
just Chewy's very busy as well and uh, would really, and, you know, even though he's busy, would really appreciate the business as well. Uh, they do supply to essential services. So no matter what, they will be open. So um, Stewie Bonds at WA Suspensions, they are open for business. Shift Kits Australia as well reached out to Jamie. He's he's pretty busy at the moment, but, you know, he's still, you can check out his builds at facebook.com, Shift Kits Ost, so that's facebook.com shift kits Ost, or go to his website shiftkits.com.au so you can read all about his stuff that he's doing then there and also charlie galotto scm race engines they're they're busy as well and um, they're taking the necessary precautions if you want to drop a car off they're doing all the necessary things as well it goes without saying all these guys are doing the necessary precautions and I believe Grant is still open also at performance turbocharging. Okay, yep, Grant as well. There you go. So, and uh, look, as I said, I just thought it was, I, I don't, it's really hard to say what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I know a lot of us are in finan- having financial difficulties, but if you are thinking about doing some work to your car, try and support these guys, not just these guys, but e- even the whole WA performance industry. If you live close to someone in particular, support them because, they, they, these guys are open. They're having to pay rent still. They're having to, to like yourself, get support a family as well. So if we can support the local WA performance industry, that would be really great. And not just Australia, not just Western Australia, but the entire Australia. No matter where you are, we have listeners from all over the country. And in the United States, of course, we have a lot of listeners over there. Support your local performance, whether it be an engine tuning place, try and support them as best you can. So that's all I really wanted to say about that. I wanted to reach out because it's important that we try and support these guys. Right. Now, drag racing. We talked about John Zabo just quickly before. I just wanted to run through the Perth Motorplex season has finished. Just wanted to go through some of the winners of the season. And they are starting off in junior drag star, Brody Zapier, son of Richard and nephew to John. So congratulations to Brody in Super Street. John Sabo's very good friend, Richard Stevens. He took out Super Street Championship. Super Sedan, it was Mick Fenton. So well done to him. In Modified, Nick Panagopoulos. Well done, Nick. Top Sportsman, Albie Bakrinich. Congratulations to him. Mod Bike, it was Brian Hotka. Congratulations there. Mod, sorry, in Comp Bike, it was Wayne Patterson. Super Comp, Errol Quartermain. Supercharged Outlaws, Jody Mellett. Outlaw Radial, you'll be happy with this one. Kevin Bolton, well done, Kevin. <laughs> I think, to be honest with you, I think most of those people you just read out have got our converters. Or that, I was about to say that most of those guys would have would have uh, a lot of your gear in there. In top comp, it was Wayne Keys. Now Wayne Keys did the double. He also won the Gary Miosevich Award of Excellence. Uh, that went to a voting, a three two one voting. I don't know. Don't ask me who votes, but. Um, he won that as well. And he has a great speech on the Motorplex page. Thanking everyone. It's really great. Catch that if you can. Nitro Bike, it was Greg Jurak. Summer Slam, it was John Zapier. Rookie Rider of the Year was Simon Garbutt. And Rookie Driver of the Year, Adrian Pearsall. So that was in one of the Tango cars. But the award that I've left to last to announce, great friend of the podcast, great friend of you and myself, Liz Johns, she took out the Steve Eagleston 507 Award. This is an award that's given from, it was the late Steve Eagleston. For those listeners that haven't heard of that name, he was a name that was really synonymous in Western Australia in drag racing, especially in Ravenswood. 
lovely fellow, Steve. We raced him a few times, if you remember, on those Sunday afternoon yep. meets. He had that Triumph TR7 yep. from memory? Yeah. Correct. Anyway, he, he this award is in honour of him, and it was an award to be given to a female, not necessarily given to a racer or a points winner or a bracket in particular. Moreover, a female who shows overall sportsmanship and being involved in the sport of drag racing and makes an overall difference to the sport of drag racing. Well, let me tell you, Liz Johns is the epitome of of that, and I couldn't have a better recipient for that. Congratulations, Liz. I think it's. Uh, she typifies the drag racing uh, community spirit, no doubt about it. I know you did a lot of work with Rick and, and Liz when you were crewing with um, Ralph as oh, well. Oh, yeah, and we, we've supported the um, uh, West Australian Drag Racing Association as well. Mm. Um, and Liz has been heavily involved in that. She's, you know, uh, she lives with sport. Great people, absolute champions. Yeah, they are. They're, well they're, deserved. They are the nicest people you'll, you'll meet Rick and Liz and uh, their grandparents now. And I remember going to Wasma meetings many years ago. Liz used to bring her youngest daughter and I think her name, I'd forgive me if I'm wrong, I think it's Hannah. Sorry, Hannah, if I got it wrong, but I remember she was only a little kid. She's grown up, but her older daughters, um, Liz's daughters, have got, have got kids of their own now. So they're, they're enjoying their uh, grandparent duties these days. So congratulations to Liz. She's a really fitting winner. On that note, we're going to take a break. And we'll be back with a new segment right after this. All right, Simon. Yeah, new seg. Did that come out? Sorry. Stigment. (laughs) Anyway, we got a new stigment, apparently. That's uh, that's how it came out. Sorry, new segment. It's called the three from TNP, but I don't know where Todd is. So Todd hasn't turned up for this podcast so i'll have to ring him tomorrow and find out where he was so it'll only be the two from 10 doesn't rhyme but the three from tmp it, it's basically our top the top three list from each one of us on a particular topic and, and this this week i picked out if you had to take a road trip in wa what wep- what your weapon of choice would be tell us why and uh where the destination will be so i'll go first it's basically i picked out this this beauty i've actually always wanted to get one i haven't been able to afford it but this is what i had in mind you can probably see that on the screen now so beautiful that one's actually 66 67 sorry galaxy don't know if you saw that simon did you see that yeah 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 Yeah. i've got it on the notes in front of me Oh, okay. There's there. That's true. <laughs> anyway, so a lot of people like the ultimate cruising car, and I think my ultimate destination would be to drive from here up to Kununurra. I love Kununurra. Those that know me know I have a love affair with Kununurra. I get up there once a year for work, but uh, hopefully one day I'll get to take a road trip and I'll get to take that Galaxy up there. I think that would be awesome. Uh, just so so. Uh, how many people are in the car? Just me and my wife. That's this is so two, two people. Yeah, two people. Yep. It's a it's a it's a two door. This one, this particular one, was a coupe, but you can fit four people in there. But no, just yeah. me, me and my wife going up there. I don't know. No, I'm just uh, wondering what the premise is of the of the road trip here. That can be whatever the premise you you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want. You know, it to like be. are we talking a cannonball run style? 
it, it can be. It's your, your ultimate road trip. So it can be your ultimate. Mine, you know me, what I'm like, I'm not, I wouldn't be the type to probably participate in a cannonball run. I'd like to watch it from afar, <laughs> but I would, you're not going to see me participating in that. Are you? So, but tell us what you, what you would, what your ultimate road trip would be and what you'd use. Well, I, think I, I think I may have already done it. Yeah. Uh, when I was, oh, this, Jesus, I, I was still a teenager. Uh, I used to have a Capri with a hmm. 302 Windsor in it. Yep. And uh, me and a couple of guys uh, went from Perth right through the southwest, uh, all through the you know the uh, rainforests uh, in that car and back. And um, uh, you know that was a lot of fun. And then uh, uh, not long after that, uh, me Emiliano. Jason Alich and Mel Clementi uh, in a SS hatchback Tirana oh. uh, drove from Perth to Geraldton to go see your cousin because it was oh, his Dennis. last week. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis the Menace. It was his last week at the uh, Geraldton newspaper, the local, yeah. the community news. We drove up there in that uh, 400 Chev powered SS Tirana uh, all the way there and all the way back. Is that what it kept the locals on? On edge. It was a good trip. We had a great time. We had, and you know, when you do it in a small car mm. and there's so many people crammed in it, plus all that, you know, we had our sleeping bags and so on and so forth. You kind of, you know, you know, when you get that foam packing, <laughs> it's, it's wrapped completely around the parts. <laughs> That's what it's like. It was a, it was a cool trip. It was um, both those trips were uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It, it sounds like, yeah, you've done, you've already lived the, I, I can't honestly say I've done a, a decent road, not in something cool anyway. I've done lots of road trips, but they've always been in something a bit mundane. I want to do the Nullarbor. I want to yeah. do the Nullarbor in, in, uh, in the XY. Well, I, I want to do it in the XW, be... but no one wants, no one wants, everyone, when I say I'm going to take the XW over to Australia, everyone just laughs. Everyone just loses. Nah, no, mate, no, pro I will guarantee you, you'll not only make it there, you'll make it there without any dramas. Yeah, you I remember know. the old Valiant? Yeah. You drove that. Yeah. Over, well, that, that drove the, across the Nullarbor more than once, towing yeah. a trailer with another car on the back. So That's those old cars, those old cars, if they're all as they left the factory, they're incredibly reliable. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we've got a road trip coming up when you get the XY Maybe. running. We'll do both the XW and the XY. You know what, Nick? I'd go as far as to say I would feel more comfortable doing the Nullarbor in, in your XW than I would in your VE. Because <laughs> I know every part that goes wrong with those VE transmissions. Right? And... It, the only way you're going to stop the old ball going to 35 is if you do a rollback in it. I know, yeah, that doesn't, it just goes. And that's why I laugh. I said, why do people think that that wouldn't make it over? I said, it would make it anywhere in Australia. Easy, easy. Hey, can, you, can you imagine the reaction that I got from people telling him, I'm going to drive across the Nullarbor in this 1970 Valiant with 245, ball going to 35, ball going to dip, <laughs> and I'm going to tow a car behind it. So the Datto, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. The Datto and, and a boot full of uh, luggage and tools. Yeah. And uh, yeah, didn't miss a beat. And, that was with you know, Trevor I did as well, that trip. wasn't it? Uh, no. No. Oh, okay. um, a few different people came across with me 
Yeah, okay. Um, over those couple of trips, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I mean, Trevor, we, we were in a rodeo. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think the only thing I need to do to my the XW is maybe change the clutch just to be sure. That would be the only thing. And if when we're doing the clutch, oh, is that evasion, manual? Yeah, it's your it's car manual. manual. Yeah. Well, there you go. I always yeah. assumed it was auto. No, no, manual. And if we're doing that, then we do the rear main at the same time. We get the engine out, do the clutch, do the rear main and get it back in and then off we go. I reckon it's easy. Piss, piss. Yeah, yeah you've told me the rear main's more like a sprinkler system nowadays. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. And I, I, if, <laughs> I need to get an engine crane and probably rip it out and... Um, Get that, get that attended to. Really, to be honest with you. Well, mate, n- now's the time to do it. I know COVID. Uh, the COVID <laughs> is upon us. Get I have out. an engine crane you can borrow whenever you're oh, ready. Really? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there you go. And here we'll just rip that out and put a new clutch in while we're at it, and then the job done, and it's ready to roll. Sounds you know, just convinced myself. <laughs> Hey, we're going to take a short break here. When we get back, we'll, um, we'll wrap this podcast up. And, uh, yeah, we'll take a short break and we'll be back right after this. All right, Simon. Elephant in the room. The video's gone going viral. No, I won't say gone viral, but getting out there. A lot of people <laughs> have commented the Camry is up and running again. And now... I just want to start by saying that there is no trickery or trick footage or that car has literally stayed in that spot for two years. Since the 24th of January to the 15th of March, to, so from the 24th of January 2018 to the, the 15th of March 2020, that is genuinely that car has been sitting there. And I can, I can vouch for that. So if people want to dis- dispute, no one has, but if people want to dispute it, they can dispute it with me. But tell us, it's it's running again, and a testimony a testimony to those uh, those batteries too. Uh, mm. You know, they're, they're uh, yeah, it's just incredible that uh, after all that time, you can you turn the key. Uh, now I've been trying to burn up the fuel that's in the tank, and I've been trying to do some testing. When Jamie fitted the ECU, so that that runs a mega squirt, and uh, mm. Jamie. Um, basically put that in a, in an afternoon and put a base tune in it, uh, which we then developed. He set it up so that there were all these other functions available to us. And one of them was a boost control function. Mm. Um, so we ran that last time with uh, what's known as a bleed valve, which yeah. is basically like putting a hole in the pipe going to the gates. So the gate had like a 14 pound spring in it and we bled some air out to give it 22 pounds. What I'm trying to do, as as you can see from all the videos, um, it, it spins the tires really, really badly. So I'm trying to do a boost ramp deal. So I bought some gate springs for it and uh, I've been mucking around with that. Unfortunately, um, I didn't actually physically look at the springs when I got them. I ordered them off eBay and I got one of the guys to uh, fit it to the car because I was busy on another job at the time. And... Um, the spring that they put in, unbeknownst to me, I've been struggling with this boost controller, was actually a higher boost <laughs> than, than what we were running. So um, uh, I've since found out that the gate that we're running, which has got teal written all over it, uh, is actually a Chinese copy of a teal gate, and the teal springs don't fit in the in the mm. Chinese gate. 
So uh, sometime this week, I'll be off to Bunnings to see if I can get a wastegate spree. (laughs) (laughs) And... um, and then we'll, we'll get the boost controller. Uh, so I actually had a play when I went to work to grab all this uh, equipment and, and um, get all set up for, to, uh, for today. And uh, I had a bit of a play with the boost controller. And yeah, after a, a, a few uh, runs up and down the street, I realized that um, something wasn't quite right. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on a, a launch control setup for it so we can get it to... Um, go a to b the other thing that i've done uh when we discussed this uh after we raced it uh, because we've never actually released any of the photos of the fabrication work and i I think that it'll still be a while before we show anyone all the little tricks that we got up our sleeves with that that little Mm. little car but um uh, i hand built a lsd unit uh for it very very simple lsd unit actually over engineered it so it doesn't work that good (laughs) but we discussed I remember um, that. I uh, remember that quite yeah, well. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful piece of machining. It is. Um, it is. <laughs> anyway, so um, I, we discussed uh, making the suspension so we could preload it. Mm. And I've actually done it. And, and I've done it in, in true Camry specifications. So I used everything. I pitched it all from Bunnings. <laughs> so, so I've used a turnbuckle. Right. And I'll, I'll get to, I'll get you to take some photos of this next time we've got the car on a hoist. I've yeah. used a turnbuckle and I've made uh, the suspension adjustable and I've actually got it so that the LSD is working correctly now. Oh, uh, wow. It's pretty amazing. It is scary as shit to drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but um, it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it seems to have equal traction on both wheels. So that's wow. going to be dramatic for the next time. Got the two three fives fitted up onto the mm. rims. Test fitted them. Um, I forgot that the reason we never ran them was because the the uh, steering um, is very limited. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I'd forgot that too. Too now. <laughs> so I've spoken to uh, Glenn or, or Nelg. Mm. Uh, Nelg's Alley Mods is uh, he's better known, um, and I've got the car booked in. Uh, for this week, uh, mm-hmm. depending on how he goes work-wise. And he's going to remake the intercooler pipe that, um, that we knocked up yep. you know, <laughs> probably two o'clock in the morning or something. He's going to remake it and hopefully we'll, get, we'll have enough clearance to run the uh, 235s. And, um, yeah, that's, that's about it. But, um, yeah, I, I haven't been able to uh, burn up all, all the fuel because uh, it nearly had a full tank when we parked it. Yeah, okay. So um, I'm getting through it. So, yeah, uh, as soon as I use up all that fuel, uh, we'll get a fresh tank in it and mm. we'll do some more tuning. And we still need to put the other motor together. So, yeah, the, the uh, hot motor. Fingers crossed. Yes, yes. The uh, I wouldn't say hot. It's, I, I, I didn't steal any of the parts. But <laughs> No, that was my <laughs> reference. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> it's got slightly better cod rods and pistons but no no seriously um yeah so i i uh i hope to get that together sometime soon and we'll get that in the car so yeah hopefully um when uh everything goes back to normal and the season you know next season starts uh or the track reopens we'll uh we'll see what we can get out of it hmm. I, i'm i know that at, at the end of um uh, 
part four, I think it was when we, um, we got back from the track and, mm. and um, uh, we had a bit of a chat. I know that I said that I was done with the standard engine because it, it you know, was a hand grenade waiting to, to go off. But I, I kind of feel as though I can pull the pin out just a little bit longer. <laughs> just we'll see just, if we can crack an eleven. You put it back in for two years, so we just pulled it out. <laughs> see how that, just see how that goes. Isn't it oh, funny? That's how, another thing too. Yeah. What I was going to say is, in the video, you see there's a bit of smoke coming from the the, yeah. um, the exhaust. Yeah, that's clearing up. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the more boost I put in it, <laughs> the cleaner the, the exhaust becomes. That, that was genuinely not driven for two years. So, I mean, that was actually not a lot of smoke, really, for a car that hadn't been driven and a turbo that hadn't spooled for two years. No, I think, I, I think what happened was that um, uh, the, the turbo drain, mm. um, because of how it's hooked up, I think the, the turbo was actually full of oil. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, think, there you go. I think the turbo might actually be a little bit lower than the oil level, especially when the front tyres were fucked. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. We'll get there with it. We'll get yeah. there. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's great to have the Camry back because it is a good, it's a good little, um, it's a fun little car to drive. No, it's not little, but it's a fun, fun car to drive. And, um, it's great we get it back, and I think a lot of people, you know, will be excited to see it back. The commentary that we've had around the Camry back into life, I've got to be honest with you, has been awesome. A lot of people sending us messages saying, great to see this car back. We want to see more videos. We want to see the car. Once we're through this this mess, this COVID night, we'll, we'll have that car out everywhere as much as we can. We'll get it out at, oh, definitely. Uh, at the track, but not only track, car shows. Um, you know, we're all we're all fanging to get that car out there and and show it to the people because the people love it. it it's 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 got a little bit of a following, you know. You know, you know, Nick. I've built a lot of cars over the last, uh, you know, thirty plus years, mm. um, or more than that, because I started when I was I wasn't even a teenager. Um, and you know, there, there's there's been some killer cars customers cars my own cars and so on and so forth over the years cortina you know one of my favorites still looking for that car um i think i might have actually seen it on the road i think it's yep. painted black now the but, cortina. Uh, okay yeah yeah I, I think i think the guy lives somewhere near me mm -hmm. uh I've, I've come across it a couple of times going to work and yep. it looks there's a few body modifications that i did that you know look very very familiar on on this black one mm. so he may have just done the same mods, but it, but anyway, nonetheless, um, I don't think anything has put a smile on my face as much as that Camry, mm. uh, because you know when someone that spent a hundred grand on HSV <laughs> takes <laughs> off from the traffic lights, and he looks across and there's a Camry right next to him. It looks exactly the same <laughs> as my mother-in-law's Camry. It's, <laughs> it's just it's just hilarious like the looks that you get <laughs> i know it is awesome it is it is it is a fun fun car and i i actually said to my wife the other day i said we can have some fun with your mum you know with this car because i said we can <laughs> i reckon i can go swap the cars out in the garage and she probably wouldn't even notice she wouldn't know <laughs> no, she wouldn't know, know until she, yeah I, it would be funny anyway but uh we'll see we'll see what we'll do <laughs> <laughs> Just tell her you gave it a tune up. <laughs> it's a little bit different, Mum. Don't worry. 
so good. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, uh, look, Simon, I think that's just about it. I don't know where Todd is, and uh, we'll have to, I'll have to give him a call after this and find out if he's okay. But anyway, um, thanks for joining us. What are the plans? What do you got coming up and apart from work and just, just ticking along? Uh, more on the Camry. More yep. on the Camry. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I, I, I want to get that to a point where... Because I, I, I kind of feel as though when we parked it up, we didn't, we, I mean, we achieved what we wanted to, mm. but it was like, it, it, it sort of came to us a bit too easily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, it would be, it would be fun to crack an 11 out of it with, mm. with a, a standard engine. So I want to do a little bit more on that. Once I've gotten that to the point where I'm happy with it, um, I'll, I'll try and find some time to put that, finish putting the other motor together uh, mm. and get a little bit of work done on the BA. Um, that, that motor's got to come out. It's got to have rods put in it, um, you know, because we, we basically didn't do any of that kind of maintenance when um, when we ran it a couple of years ago. And uh, maybe get some work done on the XY. But you know what, Nick, I'll be honest, um, just being at home over the last few days, because uh, normally, you know, Easter, you're out visiting family and so on mm. and so forth. Um it's hard for me to stay back at work when, mm. when you know, I know that uh, uh, my wife's here myself with the kids and um, I'm missing out on time with them. Yeah. Um, they're at that age now where uh, they're just really fun to be around. Even mm. when they're having temper tantrums and stuff, you know, it's, it's still funny. Yeah. <laughs> so. nah. No, I completely understand that. And that's, that's fair enough. You've got such young children as well. I mean, mine are, mine are older now, so they don't, they don't miss me as much. So, but yeah, you're, no, they should be young. working on the car. Oh God, don't stop me. That's another whole episode. If you want to go down that path, that is another whole episode. I think, was I talking about it with you or someone? I was working on it over the Christmas break, fixing up a few oil leaks, except for the rear main. There were a couple of other oil leaks and I, they were playing basketball around my feet. You know, I'm underneath the car and they're playing basketball. No interest whatsoever. None whatsoever. The youngest one's interested in cars, but helping out, working on cars, not their thing. Just not for them. Not for them. So anyway, that's okay. I've accepted that. I don't mind, but uh, can't get them interested. Can't get them motivated. So, Oh, you never know, Nick. You never yeah, know. that's true. That's true. Hey, speaking of other podcasts, we're getting we're getting we're doing podcasts once a week these days. So we on the on the off week of the Talk and Power podcast, we also do stories from the garage, and that's where we talk to people out there, out and about, just about their builds. And uh, we've done a couple of interviews. We've got another one coming out next week as well. So in our off week of the Talk and Power podcast, we do that one as well. So we're trying to give you guys as much as possible. We're trying to give you a podcast once a week. That's our aim now, moving forward. So just keep keep the content coming and then there'll be no doubt more camry videos coming as well we're gonna have a lot of fun with that car <laughs> and got, by the sounds of it maybe a road trip as well at some stage don't know when but yeah maybe uh, i'm up for it <laughs> i'm gonna get i'm gonna pull my finger out there and get that motor out get that rear main done get a clutch in and then uh, we're good to go all right, Simon, look, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming in on this uh, public holiday. It's much appreciated. And, um, yeah. Um, well, I didn't have to. I didn't have to. I know. That's the beauty of it. Anyway. <laughs> do it from your house now. So the next few podcasts will be like this until further notice, until until things change in our lives. We'll be, but 
rest assured we are bringing you content so don't panic we've got stuff coming we got and there's a lot of people say to me oh you're gonna have to stop doing the podcast i said no no way now more than ever we need to produce stuff and motor stopped but motoring never stops and the stories about cars and the cars that we've driven in the past they never stop so we'll keep we'll keep pumping stuff out no doubt Okay, Simon. Well, look, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks for having us, Nick. All right. See ya. Take care. See Talk you on the and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.